conversations and meditations. With Justin Martin. Cool. So welcome, everybody, to the Conversations and Meditations podcast with myself, Justin. Uh, today, I've got a really exciting lineup of people. It's the first time we've had a, a large group of people join us on the podcast, or you know, more than one. And, uh, and it's, it's the crew from the Wild Self Yoga group who are going to be assisting Riverdale putting on a 200-hour teacher training here at Riverdale in a few months' time. And we've also joined by a sort of regular guest and friend of Riverdale, Jasmine Hornby. So Nick, if, if you don't mind, buddy, um, we, we've spoke a few times via Zoomo in the past. Yourself, usually your, your beautiful wife Rose joins us, but uh, I believe you've got a, a new addition to the family and, and that's got Rose pretty busy at the moment. So ha- how's everything going at home? Yeah, that's right. We just had our second little bubba arrive nearly two months ago. So we've definitely got our hands full at the moment with two under three no one or nothing can really quite prepare you for sure. the reality of what that is yeah um but yeah we're um we're ticking along and things are good here we're enjoying the home life for the moment yeah since obviously the arrival of that little one it means that the way we operate and the teacher change is changing a little bit and it's going to be just myself coming down in october and teaming up with malicia and jasmine to run the course should be exciting yeah, it's going to be exciting, yeah. <laughs> sure. How, how did you first get introduced to Malisha? Hi, hi Malisha, how are you? I first started yoga actually with Rose, who's um, the other founder of Wild South Yoga. Um, that was about 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so that was a really beautiful time. And then Rose and I traveled together. We traveled India and did lots of trainings together. And for the past two um, yoga trainings with Wild South, um, I've been involved and it's been a really beautiful experience so i'm really excited to be here again that's fantastic so so this won't be your first first adventure with wild self yoga by any stretch no and hopefully not my last they're a really beautiful (laughs) team and their program is really really lovely so really excited to be yeah coming to adelaide this time with the course yeah wonderful um and jazz let's get you involved how are you feeling I'm feeling so excited from um, our initial concept this time last year when we thought what could be something really special we add and you know what is Riverdale about and what experiences do we want to bring forth and then we came to the conclusion of a yoga teacher training and then to cold call Nick and Rose and say hey guys we really like what you're doing would you be interested in coming to Riverdale to collaborate on a training and then Melissa getting involved as well and then for me having taught at Riverdale for the last six years for the local community to be involved in the teacher training. I'm just so excited to, yeah, jump on my first training and share this gift of yoga that has been shared with me throughout my trainings and impart some little threads that, yeah, have landed along the way and for that to be a part of the community that we share. So thanks for having us. Oh, very welcome. I thought it would just be a good idea to, to share this you know, announcement with anyone that's part of our audience and community that hasn't heard that we've got a yoga teacher training because it is the first time we've ever done it. It's a little bit out of out of our wheelhouse, so it might be a, a surprise for people that have been following Riverdale to know that we are offering such a, a comprehensive and accredited course as we, as we are in uh, combination with Wild Self Yoga. And the thing that I really love about it is that it, in some ways it's hearkening back to the roots of Riverdale actually 
pre pre my um, employment here and also yours as well, Jazz, to a, to extended stay events here. So you know previously the 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 group that's been operating Riverdale for over forty years now used to run three and six week. I mean there's a community of sixty people living here permanently uh, at one point in time, uh, and it's really exciting to think that we're once again welcoming people to Riverdale to stay for you know the best part of three weeks uh, to really kind of get meshed into the fabric of the place and. As much as anything, we hope that they're going to leave here with a very special memory of Riverdale being a, you know, a, an exciting place that they've learned some great new life skills. And so, yeah, thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of all of this. And I know I look so fondly back on the spaces that I've shared these special trainings with, um, like the Oak Barn and whatnot. And whenever I go back there, it just brings me back to that core cool memory of who I was at that point, that pivotal moment you know, pre and post training, because I feel like you do come out a different person. So it's really cool that Riverdale is going to be part of someone's evolution in that sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jazza. Nick, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind getting you to just describe a little bit about the history of um, Wild Self Yoga and, and even your personal practice. Just fill everyone in who, who hasn't been fortunate enough to meet you previously uh, with your expertise and what it is you hope to be sharing. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. So I found my way to yoga uh, very, I guess, uh, non-purposefully or inadvertently would be the way of describing it. I had been practicing for a few years kind of on and off. I did my first class, I remember, in a lunch break at work when I was working in the city in Sydney. And I remember wearing jeans and the yoga instructor and the other people in the class being like, you can't wear jeans while you do yoga. Uh, and but that definitely was a great that was a, my introduction there and a starting point for me to keep moving with the practice and eventually I found myself in India uh, traveling around practicing yoga in different places and ended up doing some training in an ashram not with any intention of becoming a yoga teacher necessarily uh, it was just this sort of natural inquiry and I guess just like that organic flow of events in life that that put me in that place and from there the like you say jazz you know it's kind of like who are you before and who and then who do you become after that that process and yeah it was so ingrained and a part of who I was at that point and it was really meeting Rose uh, we were living in Portugal at the time together and Rose was from New Zealand and I'm from Australia and we met in Portugal so it was all kind of an interesting um, serendipity of events that we decided we wanted to start something together rose had been involved with yoga and, and teaching and practicing since she was about 18 also kind of just falling into her life in a non-purposeful way yeah together we thought we we had through the different kind of trainings and different approaches that we'd encountered we thought we had something unique that we were able to put together as a team in offering a course domestically in australia in a way that we weren't really seeing at the time. And that was to sort of blend what we'd encountered in our trainings in India and our time spent in India with these very traditional methods, but also what we'd seen across trainings and courses happening in uh, you know parts of Asia and parts of Australia where you have this sort of very modern Western approach. And we found that there were sort of elements lacking in both aspects or both styles of courses the Indian approach lots of tradition lots of authentic roots yoga 
but maybe lacking in some other departments of, uh, you know, how to actually teach and maybe how you learn about anatomy or, you know, just, just the general chaotic nature of India um, <laughs> kind of is, you know, you feel it when you're there no matter what. And in the Western training sort of, you know, what we found to be lacking and maybe was a little bit of that authentic, that roots kind of uh, why are we doing this? Where does it come from? And what is it all really about? You know, is it really about doing a handstand or is it really about chanting and meditation and, and some of these more still internal practices uh, where what's, yeah, why, why are we doing that? And what's, can we focus on that a little bit more and find something real there? So yeah, we've developed this course and this curriculum. I think our first course was in 2019. We've really just been growing since then. We've had great feedback and great um, positive I think we worked out at least 60% of the people we've taught are, are teaching oh, either fantastic. part or full time at the moment. Yeah, carrying on. So it's great that, to see people all over the world. We have people in in the UK running retreats, people across Australia. We have a few people in Cairns, actually, that Malisha's sort of connected with inadvertently. Toria, all over the place. In Dubai, Germany, lots of, yeah, a few German students coming over. So it's yeah. crazy that... A huge but, ripple effect just yeah, spreading across. It, it really carries on, yeah. And it feel, it is such a rewarding thing to to put out into the world from our point of view that we can really like share this uh, these teachings and this practice in a way that can really change people's lives and then empower them to go and change other people's lives. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Nick, do you mind if I ask you you yeah. you skipped from uh, your first your first ever yoga experience wearing jeans to then instantaneously being in India in an ashram. <laughs> this seems yeah, like a, a, few years a pretty, big, there, yeah. Yeah, pretty big stretch in there. And uh, no pun intended, although maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's a good pun. However, what was it initially about yoga for, for maybe those people who have heard of yoga, haven't necessarily even had that, you know, jeans wearing experience yet. What, what specifically about that first go you had was like, you know, I'm going to have a second go and a third go and then, you know, mm. et cetera. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, it's And it's definitely something that's hard to describe, but I can specifically remember sitting there in the office later on that day or, you know, at some point or another after we'd done the class and uh, a colleague or a work friend of mine was sitting there and we were both like, I just feel quite relaxed. I feel quite nice. Like it wasn't anything specific, but it was just like a kind of a general good feeling. That was something that obviously you want to, you want to feel good and i have found in the journey the the physical practice is that thing that brings you in and you feel good in your body from practicing but the thing that, about yoga as i've come to learn is that it's this process that starts at the physical and moves to the subtle as the physical practice it sort of moves from the outside in and i found that i was able to start answering questions that I hadn't really fully formed yet in my mind about the nature of who I was and the nature of the universe and my place and my journey in life. And it was from beginning with that physical practice that just naturally occurred over time to becoming a new person in a way. Yeah, perfect. I don't know. I was sort of stumbling over what I was trying to say there. Hopefully, there's something good. You no, like, like, like I mentioned, it's not like you're trying to explain how to build a bookshelf. It's a pretty, yeah. It's a complex and uh, very 
yeah, I think the word subtle is a perfect description. It's a it's a experience that you, you can't mm. really just write. <laughs> you have to feel. Yeah, yeah, it's a feeling. Yeah, it's hard to. Um... And so, as as part of your your yoga teacher teaching, uh, that's where you met Malisha. Maybe Malisha, would you mind explaining to us a little bit about yourself and your practice and and what got you initially interested in yoga as well? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I came to yoga. Um, actually more for the mind. I always knew that there was something more to life. There was something that I was missing just living in this kind of Western society. Yeah, I've always been, um, I wasn't brought up with it with my family, but just from a very young age, I've always been interested in in spiritual sort of things. And I really didn't know myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what the purpose of life was. And I was such a confused teenager, like so many of us are. Don't worry about teenagers. Um, so I'm 47. Started. I'm still fairly confused. <laughs> yeah, con- life is still confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started going to India and I started going to ashrams and doing a lot of meditation sort of things as well. And yeah, just started, like Nick was saying, just having all these questions unfold about who I was and the purpose of life. And do, then do you mind if I ask, Malisha, was, was it yeah. your interest in yoga that took you to India or was it? being in India that sort of took you to yoga if you understand what I mean yeah it was I was always curious about India and I think the two kind of were always a little bit interlinked with each other Mm. Um, and then I started going to yeah a lot more traditional Indian practices when they weren't really too focused on alignment more focused on meditation and feeling into the body and I really love that style and in the last few years I've gotten a little bit more into the alignment based style of teaching um, which has been really, really interesting as well, going from the inside and then really now feeling the poses in a completely different way, which is what I really love. Okay. And I really love that I've been practicing these same poses for so many years and they're different every single time, these simple poses. There's just so much magic in them and I just enjoy my practice still so much. And I love, I'm not very consistent with too many things in my life, but yoga has been one thing that is just so consistent every single day um both teaching practicing studying i never get sick of it and yeah i just love it so much (laughs) perfect that's beautiful yeah i spent some time in india also but very much just went as a tourist with my wife when we were in our 20s and um, had such a great time but i there is something about being immersed in you know such a spiritually enriched culture that is very contagious I, I found that myself where you sort of get there and just I didn't even I couldn't explain why or how but I was building shrines in every hotel room I stayed in just it just felt like the right thing to do so yeah it's I think it is a really uh, exciting thing that you're able to bring some of that passion over here to increasingly seems to be such a, a, a commercialized and you know marketing based society that that we find ourselves drenched in often unless we make a real conscious effort to find and create something different so thank you both for all three of you for bringing that to to Riverdale okay Jess so we've we've heard from Nick and Malisha about you know what's brought them to yoga and a little bit of their history you know for people who who aren't familiar with you which I, I doubt there are many who are connected with Riverdale but there may be people listening that aren't connected with Riverdale um, would you mind telling us your personal story as to how you came to yoga and uh, and I suppose how you brought that to Riverdale yeah of course it'd be my pleasure yeah my journey started 
over nine years ago now, which is wild, when I was 18 and I started attending Bikram yoga classes. And like Nick and Malisha, I first went for this physical practice where I literally could feel sweat pouring out of my kneecaps and, <laughs> you know, would have such a physical hard thing in this 38 degree room, the same 26 postures, two breathing exercises. And as an 18-year-old, I don't think I had much awareness of myself or, you know, emotional intelligence about being reactive or responsive in, you know, what I do as I've evolved over this journey. But I would notice every time I would look in the mirrors, because Bikram has lots of mirrors so you can look at yourself whilst you're practising, that I would be different and that my mind would be different and that each day I would show up in a different way. And it was this beautiful time and moment that I had to pause and to check in and to really start to notice what was moving for me in those classes. And then, yeah, over time it evolved from being a physical practice into more of a mental and emotional practice that was like a circuit breaker from my busy day in life where I would just go, I would practice, I'd move my body and feel completely different in my mind. Like Nick said, I just felt relaxed after, like everything was a little bit lighter and brighter. And my best friend Lou and I would practice Bikram together. We were both Bikram nuts and would drive all the way from Freeling and Roseworthy to Modbury, which was, yeah, quite, quite a ways away when we were a bit younger. And we just got in our mind that we wanted to go over to Bali and do a yoga teacher training. So in 2016, I think it was when we were both 20, we went over to Indonesia and studied our 200 yoga teacher training at this, Yoga Barn through the School of Sacred Arts, which is a Canadian company. Yep. It completely cha- like changed my world in the best sense. And it was a four-week course of just being completely immersed. We had our scooters. We were living over there, riding our little scooters around, getting to and from class. And, yeah, the initial course was a Hatha and Yin training. So we covered that, but then lots of other beautiful things like Ayurveda, meditation, yoga nidra, um, pregnancy yoga, just to cover the bases for all those kind of areas. And then we came back to Adelaide and we started teaching in the park and created a small business called The Daily Bend and Men. <laughs> I remember and- it well. Yeah, and we just would do $10 classes under the rotunda and had no idea what, you know, was going to come of it. And then slowly but surely it evolved and we started teaching in studio spaces. And we used to be so nervous to teach that we would swap halfway through a class and I would do (laughs) like standing to child's pose and then we would do seated and um, standing, so separate. And then we'd go child's and quickly swap because we're like, we're too scared to do a whole class by ourselves. (laughs) Sure. So it was so beautiful to have someone to go through those teething scaries with and to really build a sense of confidence with, you know, this is what I want to teach and this is what I'm theming today and to have that person to bounce back at. So I'm really excited to be that person for the people that come through the training. Yeah, absolutely. um, Which I feel like we, we already foster through the teachers that we manage that run our regular weekly classes. So it's going to be so cool to have even more people that we can foster that connection with. And then, yeah, I began teaching more and more and teaching at other studios and teaching at Riverdale. I started in 2017 and then evolved into the events manager here. Yeah, through the events work and teaching yoga, we've just created such a beautiful community of 
wellness and yeah coming together in 2019 I went over to Peru to do my advanced teacher training which was incredible with the Kula Collective and it just deepened my practice in every sense it, it was more of a spiritual and emotional deepening and I feel like I come back just a completely different person again so yeah, the evolution of coming back and integrating, I think, is just as important as doing the training is to be like, how do I now want to show up in the world and what does this mean to me now? So it's been really cool to take these big, juicy experiences and then let them be a part of me and then go out into the world with them as well. And yeah, I now have my own business as well, which I've just finished my counselling course called yeah. Kind Mind Wellness. And yeah, I offer retreats from Riverdale, workshops and immersions, you know, outside of the community as well. Through all of our work together, we've we've done a lot from the Goodness Me Festival to now popping on our first 200 yoga teacher training. So I'm really lucky to be sharing this with Nick and Malisha, but also you too, Justin and Riverdale. Absolutely, Jazz. Wouldn't, uh, couldn't imagine a different journey, to be honest. You know, like, uh, it's incredible how, you know, when you start a journey, yeah, six, seven years ago, without really any clear destination in mind, other than you're just going to keep keep saying yes to the opportunities and keep saying yes to what's presented and um, and just follow your heart and your intuition as to where the next move might might take you. And, you know, f to see your personal evolution go from young 20, someone who's so super excited about everything and, you know, um, and not that you aren't now, but to now having deepened your practice to a 300-hour accreditation, have run dozens of retreats, you know, now with your counselling credential as well, sort of broadening your, your scope once more. So congratulations. Thank you. And I feel like yoga is a gateway drug almost to get into this beautiful space of living the practice. And from, you know, it's not just on your mat that you embody yoga. It's out in the everyday life and world where you really begin to sharpen your awareness, whether you're being reactive or responsive, whether you're coming from your heart. And I truly believe that doing a training is one of the biggest gifts you can gift yourself in this life. And I think, you know, even if you don't want to be a teacher to have 20, 20 days to a month or whatever it is to completely be curious about you and your inner workings is massive. Mm, fantastic. So Jazz, could, could you give us a little bit of the, the basics as to what, when, why, where? Uh, obviously Riverdale, we've made that clear, but um, when is this due to be scheduled? Uh, so this course will be the 9th, the 29th of October in 2023. It will be 21 days of immersion, of being on site with your meals, your course, your accreditation. And yeah, there'll be a course that's sent out prior that goes over anatomy, a little assignment that people will do to start observing some classes to kind of switch their mind into that teaching mind or that learning mind when it comes to yoga. So instead of just experiencing they start to learn and observe and bring that into their practices to come on to our grounds ready to roll and I really like that Wild Self Yoga has incorporated that into the course content. I think that's a really important thing for people to be aware of that whilst they might come to this course to to deepen their own understanding I'm sure that'll be a, a huge motivator for most uh, but beyond just learning about how to experience yoga for themselves. This is a yoga teacher training and it, it is the intention behind it is to 
empower people to then go and teach others, which is a, yeah. is a different thing to, to just doing itself. And I know totally different context, but whenever I'm forced to teach someone else, say, you know, in the CFS, if we've got to learn a new pump or something like that, and the easiest way for me to learn it is to have to show someone else how to do it because you really have to know your stuff to be able to do that. Um, so would you mind, Nick, uh, just describing for us a little bit of the, the difference between or rather how this course is geared to empower people to become teachers rather than to, to be experts at um, you know, asana and, and, and meditation, etc. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yes, uh, interesting point that I picked up on you saying just now that, yeah, it is, whilst it is uh, it's such a combination of things, this teacher training program, it is a time for you to come and, you know, reflect and, and be in a bubble and have time for yourself and to learn. But it is also a, a fairly intense schedule. It is an intensive, what it is labelled as. So, and it is a lot of work and it isn't that easy. So, mm. People sometimes come with this idea, people sometimes call it a retreat, which they often laugh about after a few <laughs> days. Like, oh, I can't believe I told people I was going on a retreat. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, we, you know, there are long days and uh, you, you got to, there's a lot of content to get through and a lot of focus required, mental and physical energy. But yeah, ultimately, uh, uh, such an empowering and rewarding and, and life changing experience. Uh, I, I think so, and most people seem to agree. Mm. The course is set up in a way to foster sort of people who do want to teach, who are really set on becoming teachers, and people who are really just want to learn more about yoga and maybe you know want to learn a bit more about themselves and sort of maybe at just different points in their life where they're seeking change or asking some different questions. But in would it be good if I sort of like run over the schedule a little bit or? Yeah, actually, like the th daily that'd be perfect. Uh, but even yeah. prior to that, Nick, just I suppose there might be some people out there listening to this, thinking to themselves, sounds good, sounds very advanced. Um, I'm, I'm maybe not at a level ready for this. Are there prerequisites for participants? You know, should someone have been, uh, have, have their own practice for an extended period of time or what would your recommendations be around that? Yeah, we like to just say one year at a minimum, uh, just so that you have an idea of, of yoga and what it's about and how it feels. And, and you know, and, and generally anyone looking to do this is is probably ready because if if you if this isn't even in your, you know, if this is in your sphere of things that you might be interested in, then you're probably at a place in your life where you are ready for it. Uh, yeah, yeah it makes know, sense. It's quite a specific little thing. Yeah. Uh, and we've had people come who tell us they've been practicing for you know, 15, 20 years and people who have started when they've applied and given themselves a year to, you know, practice for a year and then come. And there's honestly no difference, really, a very sure. little minor difference. Um, yeah, it, what, what you learn on the teacher training is so different to what you just learn in a day-to-day -day class. It's, uh, it, it's hardly even the same thing, I would say. It's, it's very much more involved and in depth and you learn about like, why we do things and the meaning behind them and how to do them properly uh, or in a, you know in a class you might go to for an hour you show up you do it and you go and you might not even say a word so it's a very different thing and yeah the best the only really way to to sort of get ready is to just keep doing that and keep practicing and that the process of yoga kind of takes care of that 
in its own way just by practicing yeah um but yeah just generally as long as you're up for the challenge and you're in, you know open to learning and up for the open heart open mind kind of kind of idea enthusiastic then if it feels like it's right it's probably right That's yeah perfect well <laughs> <laughs> would you mind giving us a bit of an insight into what the the sort of daily running of the the course would look like maybe not all 20 is it 21 days or 20 days? I think it's 21 days. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, you, you probably don't have to go into every single day, but if you could give people just an overview of what mm. an average day looks like, because as mm. I understand it, it's, it's no joke. It's, you know, long, long days. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it is good to yeah, give people a bit of an idea about how it looks. Uh, the days generally will start. It depends on the time of year and how the weather's like, but sort of 6.30, 7-ish. Uh, we don't get you out of bed too early. You have a two-hour asana practice in the morning, incorporating pranayama, meditation, chanting. We have breakfast for about an hour-ish, maybe a bit longer. And then we have two sort of lectures before lunch. So that might be a lecture on the history of yoga or perhaps philosophy. Uh, there might be some energetic anatomy studies. There could be a session on Ayurveda or different specialty topics like mental health aware yoga. These kind of morning sessions are sort of the time when it's nice to sort of, you know, sit down after the morning practice and and, and be still and absorb and information. Uh, we do, you know, different workshops on meditation theory, working about chakras, learning about the theory behind different things like pranayama, then we have lunch, which is usually about two hours. Uh, so we have a good little break in the middle of the day to two and a half hours. We might do uh, yoga nidra sessions. Uh, if for anyone who's not familiar, that's like a half an hour sort of guided sleep meditation, which is a really nice kind of energizing thing during the middle of the day. And then we have two afternoon sessions before dinner and the first one usually this is always always subject to change but is a um art what we call art of teaching so that's learning to and practicing teaching yoga and we do this from the very start from day one and that's something that we've found to be really powerful and uh learning to and coming away from the training to actually feeling confident to teach which is uh, something that we've had from feedback from lots of people doing different trainings is that, you know, you know, I leave my training and I don't really feel ready. It's something we really try to focus on. I can and imagine, session, I can imagine we, as well for people, it's starting off from the very first day one being as interactive as that, you know, it's like, Hey, now it's, you will be practicing from the very beginning. It's a, it's a gross analogy, but you know, tears the bandaid off to a little bit. Because you don't want to be, there's nothing worse than the anticipation of something that people might feel a bit uncomfortable about. And that anticipation exactly. building and building over days, whereas day one, boom, you're straight in and it's like, ah, oh, that was actually really good. I'm good at this. Uh, yeah, or, get it done. Or yeah. I can do this. There's still some work to be done. But yeah, you're straight into it rather than you know, anticipating it all, all week, for example. Exactly. And it's baby steps, you know, so we we just might start with a little five minute we will start with a little just five minute introduction so you know hi i'm nick i'm here to teach you today we're going to do this class is going to be this long just literally as simple as that yep and we build up over the course of the program to the final 
uh, kind of, I guess, I don't like the word, you know, exam, but or assessment, but you teach your own 60 minutes at the end of the program, the full 60 minute class on your own, each student. And that is something that people find extremely daunting. The way we make that work and effective is that you build up over the course of the program to teaching a full 60 minutes. So you might start with your little five minute introduction and then you start with a little five minute warm up and then a little 10 minute uh, sun salutations and then a 15 minute uh, you know, standing sequence. So you just chunk it out. We just chunk it out over the course of the program. So you do a little bit by a little bit. And at the end, you've taught more than, you know, you've taught all these little sessions that make up a full class. Yeah. So we find that a really effective way for people to get their head around teaching and putting a class together and structure. And where the beauty of that is that we're there the whole way with you to help you get it right. You know, you we help you to put the sequence together. We give you feedback each each time you do teach one of the little chunks. You're just teaching in groups to you know the the rest of the the students in the course. So you might just be teaching to sort of one or two other people and either Malisha, Jazz or I will be there to, to watch and to give you feedback each time that you do that. So, at the, you know, even if you do get it wrong, that's kind of the point that you do get it wrong and then it, we can go from there and help you to get it really good by the end of the course. That makes sense. Um, that's always fun. That's always great. Part of the course and something that people, we get a lot of really positive feedback about. Uh, that's the art of teaching slot in the afternoon. And then... Uh, after that, we do another sort of workshop or asana practice, depending on the day. So we might have a restorative class or we might do a workshop on sun salutations or we might do a forward bending workshop or, you know, a back bending workshop or a yin class. So it's sort of um, depending on the energy of the day and what we've been learning, it's sort of we, we fit it all in so it makes sense. But yeah, generally the afternoons, we're kind of moving around a bit more on our feet, doing practical things, yep. balancing out the morning, kind of sitting and learning. Dinner after that, usually around six o'clock. And then we sort of have alternating evening sessions, meditation sessions or fire ceremony, um, chanting sort of evening, you know, meditation, sort of introverted kind of activities. And that, yeah, they sort of not every night, but that might be a sort of like a little half an hour session after dinner some nights. Yeah, so it is full on. It is a, 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 that's a from sort of six till seven, seven thirty days with a few breaks in between. And we might over the course of the schedule, I think we have two full days off. So two full days and potentially another half day. It just depends how we're going through the content and how everyone is receiving it and what the energy levels are like that we can sort of adjust as we go. But uh, yeah, yeah. over the course of the period, you get two full days off and, and one half day. So it is intense. Yeah. Absolutely. But the whole time you're there, you know, you're getting all your meals cooked for you. All you have to do is show up to class and pay attention. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a totally different sort of a way of life, I guess, to what you, what we're all used to, which is, you know, taking care of our lives. Yeah, for sure. And cleaning and paying bills. And yeah, it's a good way to sort of disconnect and just fully immerse for an extended period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and can I... yeah get in there, Jazz. 
Can I just speak to the immersive experience? I think it's so cool that we have the opportunity to do the immersion here in South Australia because I don't feel like there's many teacher trainings in, in Australia that offer the immersive experience to just live and breathe it and do it for your whole time to step away from your life and then into this new way of perhaps seeing and being in the world and yourself. Um, and I know that both of my trainings have been immersive experiences and they've been incredible instead of trying to juggle everything else all at once I've just been able to go like redirect decide how I want to show back into the world when I integrate and get released back out like you say Nick um and then yeah kind of go from there so I really love that that's an aspect of what's going to be offered as well yeah yeah as I mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast introducing everybody that that's a, a an aspect that I'm particularly excited about to think that we're going to have you know, uh, so in terms of numbers, how many people, what would be the maximum number of people um, that can attend this event, Jazz? Um, we can have 14 max plus us three. Um, we've already got a few locked in so far, so yeah. it's going to be interesting yeah. to see who else hears the call and we trust that it'll just be perfect and whoever's meant to be there will show up. So, I mean, yeah, maximum of 14 people is guaranteeing a, a quite an intimate experience. Uh, I'm sure after the three weeks it's going to be you know big family of uh, yogis going out back into the world and hopefully maintaining connections that's beautiful and especially eating together practicing together reflecting together going through these major shifts the people that i've shared trainings with have become some of my deepest friends and yeah it's such a journey to go through with other people and to create community especially if you are essay based to have those people to connect with after or someone that is local that you can kind of share your experience as you transition out but we will be available to continue that ongoing support even once people do leave the training as well and i'll, I'll be here yeah. too um, washing everyone's dishes and making sure everyone can uh, be 100 percent focused on their experience we, I just might add to that as well that we do, uh, we like to keep everyone connected definitely after the training. We have a Wild Self Yoga kind of teaching community group on Facebook and we, everyone gets sort of added to that after a training and it's a really great way to connect with other people who are in such a growing number of, in such a diverse number of locations to share opportunities and resources and, uh, you know, tips for making your way as a sort of new yoga teacher. So, yeah, it's a really nice a community that we are growing and yeah we are available uh, rose and i are always getting messages from students like, oh you know i'm trying to get this job here or this there and yeah it's always it's always nice to just sort of help out and you know continue that support along the way yeah it's fantastic uh, so malicia we haven't heard from you for a little while do, do you mind if i ask uh is, is there a particular aspect that you will be teaching or are you going to be across all of the the various disciplines of the course so i'm going to be teaching the art of teaching side of it that yep. nick was saying um i think alongside jasmine we're going to be doing that together which is really nice yeah so running workshops on the poses forward bending back bending i'm also going to be running workshops on pranayama chakras hosting some meditations and some asana classes so a bit across the board really yeah, perfect. Brilliant. And um, so as a collective, 
the the three of you will be kind of dropping in and out of sessions. Sometimes they'll have multiple facilitators in a session. Other times it'll be individuals. And and as you mentioned, Nick, there's going to be opportunity for sort of self reflection and some you know alone time, some private time throughout the day, but but also a couple of days during the course as well, um, which I'm sure people appreciate after many days of of intensive learning. Yeah, it is definitely important to leave the space to absorb and to reflect uh it's such an intense journey regardless of the amount of content you're trying to get through it's still yeah such a, a lot of personal shifts generally yeah taking place so we we try to we do our best to balance the content that we have to get through and creating the space but yeah definitely it's going to be so nice having the three of us there like jazz having already been a part of the community and embedded in riverdale we're really excited to be teaming up with her and Mel you've been working with the past few trainings and yeah such a joyous energy to be around the militia we're everyone's favorite person usually <laughs> um someone has to be yeah we're yeah either Mel or the cook yeah usually sure the cook. it's hard to beat but <laughs> yeah yeah and we will be crossing across all the different topics and classes uh, between the three of us I don't know well, speaking of cooks, and I could mention that uh, we have secured the the expertise and uh, skills of a local uh, Gitika is her name, um, Gitika Gutpa, and she's been uh, involved with Riverdale for a couple of years now uh, since a a course that we ran, which was really trying to help small business owners either not necessarily launch their business, but to get support in um, in giving them a platform to operate from. During that course, Gitika mentioned that her dream was to be part of a, um, or, or at least to create some sort of an ashram experience for people. And as soon as this all started to, to, to formulate, she was the very first person or the next person that we called to say, Gitika, it's almost happening. You know, do you still want to be a part of this um, and in this way? And she was very excited to be a part of it. Having eaten her food and experienced her Ayurvedic uh, knowledge firsthand a number of times everyone will be in for a real treat with with Gidika cooking for us so she may well be the most popular person by the end of it I reckon Nick <laughs> yeah usually it's so nice to just be fed for yeah such an extended <laughs> period of time yeah it's it's such a real treat we always look forward to it as teachers as well well, yeah. Jazzy, would you mind, because uh, unfortunately, Nick and Malicia, you won't be able to answer this question, but I imagine that people who are considering this now would be thinking to themselves, all right, so 14 people, am I going to be in a, uh, you know, am I going to be sleeping on the floor in a, in, a, in a shed with 14 people? What's the accommodation like? How comfortable will I be? Um, Jazz, would you mind giving people a bit of insight into the, the options for accommodation and, and the standard of accommodation that they could expect? For sure. So I actually had a comment on a Saturday event I attended of a lady that was sleeping in the bunkhouse and she goes, I don't know what kind of bed you guys have here, but they're the most comfy beds I've ever slept on. So <laughs> if that's one thing to go by, <laughs> beds are comfy. So we have lots of different room options. Um, we have queen private rooms, twin share bunk rooms and they're all priced accordingly in regards to if you're getting you know the king size bed in Sumai will be is obviously the most expensive option or if you're getting a twin share in another room so yeah yeah there's lots of different options to suit your budget we've even got someone wanting to stay in their van down in the Dells so we've made that work as well and we've kind of got accommodations that can suit everyone for the 21 days yeah great 
and yeah, I can attest to the fact that a, a resounding comment that we get at the end of every retreat is just how spotlessly clean everything's always kept. Um, you know, our, our grounds crew and our cleaning crew, they do everything with love and people can feel that when they come to the space. So, so don't fear, you won't be coming in and being asked to sleep on hay on the floor. We do have really high quality accommodation available for everyone and yourselves as well, Nick and Malisha, don't panic. You'll be well looked after. And even though the bunkhouse is called the bunkhouse, it's not much of a bunkhouse. It's actually a really nice home. It is. <laughs> so don't let the name fool you. Yeah. Yeah, well, that that's probably actually got the the most um, recently updated bathrooms and kitchen. And so it's actually one of the nicest spaces now in, in some ways. Ducted reverse cycle air conditioning in all of the rooms. Yeah, that's where I'd stay, actually. So if if people are, are sort of, this has perked some interest for people and they, they'd like to, to get a little bit more information, what would be the best avenue to, to contact? Would they get in touch with you, Jasmine? Should they get in touch with Nick directly, phone Riverdale? What, what would you recommend for people who have maybe questions about specifics? Yeah, for anyone that's interested, if they could drop us a line, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, to my direct email, which is jasmine at riverdale.org.au. Um, once you've kind of registered your interest, I'll give you a call. We can go over any questions, work out what's going to work best for you and if the course is a good fit for what you're after. And then from there, they'll fill out an application form. And once we've got that, we organise their deposit and if they need a payment plan and I then flick their information over to Nick and Nick gets in contact with yeah their pre-coursework and we send them out some welcome emails and keep them up to date and pop them in a group for the training yeah, so great. yeah it's a whole system in process <laughs> the first one the first one was a little bit rough with like <laughs> all right so we need to get the contract out, the agreement, the expectations. I then need yeah. to get over to Nick, but now, now it's streamlined. So thank you to those who were patient with me when I was first getting my head around the bearings of it all. Uh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they understood. Um, so what, one question that's coming to mind, I imagine some might be curious about would be how, how available would this course be to someone who maybe doesn't have the, the mobility of a, of a you know experienced yogi, maybe they they have some um, physical condition that doesn't allow them to to participate in a full range of motion. Is is this probably not the event for them? And there might be something in the future that would be more suitable. Um, Nick, do you know is is can there be any allowances made for people with um, with varying physical capacities? Definitely, yeah. Uh, we actually uh, had an amputee attend our last training. Yeah, a young bloke, a friend of Malisha's who uh, has lost his leg below the knee, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing to see him go through the process. Yeah, it's definitely not about uh, how well you can perform asana. It is a common question that we get, you know, I'm, I'm not very good at, mm. at asana. There is no really good or bad yeah. when, when you're practicing these positions. A certain degree of physical and mental fitness is definitely required, but as long as you're enthusiastic and willing, it's not. We're not so much focused on the physicality, I guess. Uh, whilst it is a major component of the course, it's not the main central uh, focus. So, yeah, we, we've had people, you know, people coming in their sort of late fifties. Not that there's any reason that that would reduce your mobility, but it's not about 
uh, yeah, it's not about yeah, it's, that it's specifically. Yeah, don't don't be intimidated by the. Uh, I know whenever I, you know, if we if we're doing some marketing and I, I go onto the Adobe Photos Photoshop catalog and if you type in yoga you imagine that you have to be a contortionist you know like it's the 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 typical thing is someone doing an incredible pose that maybe one percent of anyone in the world could even do um and and yet i think it's great to reiterate that that's not the intention you might be able to do that which would be wonderful and and worth celebrating but that's not necessarily the the core point of this this course uh, or yoga in fact yeah exactly yeah it looks that it it looks good in photos and it's easy to sell, yeah. I guess, which is that's why it becomes popular. And I guess photos of people sitting still with their eyes closed aren't mm-hmm. appealing. Well, I'm, I'm trying uh, to put on uh, a, a, a retreat in a few weeks that is literally a silent retreat. That's it. It's a, it's a retreat of silence. Okay. Try and find a photo to, to sell that one. That's, <laughs> it's, it's been yeah. a real challenge. <laughs> Just to touch on that as well, I think definitely with the wild self and Riverdale's ethos in general, it's like not how far you can bend, but how much you can go inward and bring that little essence outward as well. It's like not how far you bend, but what you learn along the way and how you can then share that with others as well. So definitely not just like the physical practice, but also the whole yoga practice and then how that can bring that into the world as well. Yeah. Perfect. Well, well put jazz. But, but between the three of you, can you think, is there, is there any other hot questions that you've probably been asked a hundred times previously that just aren't coming to my mind uh, regarding this course? Is, is there any final bits of information that we feel like would be worth sharing uh, before we thank you for your time and get on with the rest of our day? Yeah, some people have asked about accreditation afterwards. Um, So this is a 200-hour registered yoga teacher training course that's registered with Yoga Alliance. So after your completion of the course with the prerequisites as well, you'll be eligible for registration um, for your 200-hour yoga teacher training. So a few people have asked that and this course does cover that. So thank you, Nick and Malisha and Rose for putting such together such a comprehensive course that meets those requirements. And another thing is lots of people have mentioned, oh, I don't know if I want to teach or whatnot. And like you all were saying before, a lot of a lot of people come to the course not wanting to teach and end up being the most enthusiastic <laughs> to teach after. So I want to reiterate if you feel the call, then yeah, follow it and know that it's meant for you if you do want to teach, if you don't want to teach, um, because I think during the course it really unravels in the perfect way. Uh, Nick or Malicia, have, have you got any final thoughts or, or questions that you imagine someone else might be asking? Just to mention that yoga is such a huge topic and we cover so much within these three weeks, but we really just start to scratch the surface of a few ideas for people um, and we do cover a lot and then it really gives people the opportunity to go off and explore a little bit more on their own as well so yeah it's a really amazing course we do cover a lot of different aspects of yoga but there's still so so much more as your own personal journey unravels yeah well even as you were saying before Malisha you know the your your own personal experience of having practiced these simple set of movements and, and, and poses for 15 years and the experience of those poses being different every time you do them to a degree, uh, I, I think yeah. sort of speaks to that fact that, you know, 
even though the pose might stay the same, you won't. Uh, the experience will be yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, I think I could good to add to that. Melissa was saying that that the two hundred hours is kind of your starting point in your yoga journey, definitely, right. um, and that is sort of the basis of what you need to then be going out and teaching and then okay. adding on to that. So you can then add on a fifty-hour or one hundred-hour course, or uh, you can go into a three hundred-hour course. And they all combine, I guess, uh, in, under the sort of yoga alliance umbrella to uh, you know, keep your training sort of all registered with them and to record it as you go. And those trainings can be a little bit more specific in different areas. So like Malisha was saying, it's kind of like this 200 hours is kind of the your introduction and kind of yeah. overview, your foundation. And then you can go and diversify or specialize in in areas, different areas from there. Um, yeah, you sure. might be interested in yin yoga, you might be interested in, oh, I don't know, there's so many different things, mental health yoga or ashtanga yoga, or specifically, you know, vinyasa or anatomy or, yeah, you can go and do specific little courses or bigger courses according to what piques your interest. Um, so it's sort and of we, almost similar to, you kind of get your base degree and then, then if you choose, you might specialise and get a master's and a, and a PhD in, in specific areas. But this is sort of like that base education to then determine where you want to go from there, if anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And we kind of cover people, one question that kind of comes up is what's what styles uh, of yoga? Because there is such a, it's such a broad uh, range of styles at the moment. And we we kind of just say that we you know it's sort of hatha yoga or hatha and vinyasa is kind of the main styles that we sort of cover and it's sort of just hatha yoga really it's sort of just yoga from its origins i guess guilty kind of looks at yin or ashtanga or restorative or these kind of things require a little bit more uh, ayinga for example require a little bit more specific training this sort of hatha vinyasa styles are sort of like your basic styles that you see across yeah. you know all studios people might call it flow or slow flow or, you know, yeah hatha flow vinyasa this kind of idea oh yeah thanks for clarifying that Malisha, nick mentioned the yoga alliance and that this is an accredited course with yoga alliance for people who are curious like myself what is yoga alliance and why why would that be important I think Nick might be a better person because he's dealt, dealt directly with Yoga Alliance okay. more yeah. so than me for this question. Not a problem at all. No worries. Nick, brother, what's... <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, Yoga I'll, Alliance. I'll, yeah, I'll rephrase the, the question, which was to say, you know, um, I'm, I'm aware that this is a 200-hour course and it is accredited with Yoga Alliance. For people who are, who are maybe curious, what's the significance of that? What, what is Yoga Alliance and, and why would it be worth uh, having an accredited course with them? Good question. So Yoga Alliance is an international organization. They're based out of the States. We kind of have this sort of standard set, this hour-based standard that is seen and accepted across the world. So that is one of the really the main benefits of falling under the Yoga Alliance umbrella and being registered with them is that you can take this anywhere in the world yeah. and it will be recognized and accepted. And that's a real common thing for people to do is to go and take, you know, get their yoga teacher training and you could go and volunteer in an island in Fiji or a little town in South America somewhere and teach yoga in a 
hostel or uh, in a studio somewhere that it, it doesn't matter you can go anywhere yeah. and you can then add the different programs to your uh profile i guess with yoga alliance like i was saying so you can go and do that 50 hour yin training you can register everything with yoga alliance and you can say look and you can look the person up on on the uh, platform and they can say oh yeah there's so and so they did the 200 hours here they did their 50 hour yin thing here they did a 300 hour thing here and it's all there and it all kind of goes together quite nicely yeah great um, yeah. and while yeah. self yoga had to register their course and apply to have their course accredited with um the yoga alliance is that correct yeah we have to the whole thing that we put together has to fall to their standards and adhere to their standards yeah so it's all uh you know meets the meeting the requirements of what they set out perfect yeah and and one of the advantages as an individual teacher once they've got that accreditation it means that they can then apply for things like public you know these boring things like public liability insurance and and yeah. personal indemnity insurance and those sorts of things which mean that you can safely teach without you know the risk of getting sued should someone accidentally injure themselves or something of that nature exactly yeah you have the piece of paper yep. you have the certificate that says Beautiful. Well, uh, unless anyone's got any uh, sort of burning last minute uh, additions, I think that we've covered a pretty broad range here and, and at least the, the basics will be understood by people. And of course, if they're interested in learning a little bit more about uh, this offering, uh, Jazz already mentioned when it will be on, um, then just get in touch with someone here at Riverdale. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to tell you all the details and uh, we're really excited about welcoming yourself, Nick and Malicia, to Riverdale. Um, so yeah, really excited to be welcoming you guys to Riverdale and it's going to be an exciting three weeks. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, we're super excited. I'm super excited to come down, definitely. Yay, thank you so much. I'm so excited to come. Like I said, I'm a little bit nervous speaking on Zoom, um, <laughs> but I'm really excited to meet you all in the person and really get a sense of the energy and the embodied experience of all being together. Thank you, Alicia. Look forward to meeting you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you.